Yo, 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 what up, party people? This is Alex with the award-winning podcast podcast. I'm here once again to talk about fantasy football. Not real football, but the fake kind. The one with dragons and uh, Star Wars and all that stuff. Uh, No, obviously it's not that cool. Um, It's for much bigger nerds like me. Um, I'm actually going to be talking about, I guess you could call it like a start, stardom and sit'em type thingy. But I'm going to call it something different because that's what we do here. We think different. Wait, no, that's an Apple thing. We ponder different. Huh? Yeah? No, okay. Um, we're going to call this, uh, instead of calling it stardom, we're going to call it go fucking nuts. And uh, instead of cinnamons, uh, lower your expectations. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface all this by saying I'm not necessarily saying that if you uh, have this person, you must start them. Or if you have this person, you must sit them uh, or anything like that. Simply what I'm saying is uh, the matchups aren't necessarily good. Some of these players you will either have to play uh, no matter what just because it's the best you have as far as your option. So, um, I'm throwing this out there simply as a a bit of advice. Uh, Take it or leave it. Obviously, that's all up to you. (sighs) It's it's a slog. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just get right into it and try to make this as quick as humanly possible. Um, Obviously, we missed out on the Thursday game. I I can say... uh, (laughs) I can say with hindsight, of course, that I would have recommended that everyone start James Robinson, um, but uh, obviously that is hindsight, but I did start him in two different leagues, so I had high expectations for him going into this game, and he delivered in a big, big way, a uh, giant game from James Robinson, he looks really good, I love him going forward. Uh, I also would have recommended that uh, people start Gardner Minshew, I did start him. In a league where I owned Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady, I started Gardner Minshew, and he, uh, for lack of a better phrasing, he underperformed. In other words, he completely fucked me. But thankfully, I also started James Robinson in that league, so I'm not completely fucked, but yeah. What are you going to do? So yeah, take that for what it is. Uh, that means I'm, I'm shooting 50%. So if, if it's a three-point percentage, then I'm, I'm a dominant player. If it's baseball, I'm the best that ever was. Uh, unfortunately, it's not that. <laughs> and hopefully, I can shoot a little higher from here on out. Anyway, let's go right to it and talk about my uh, go-fucking-nuts quarterbacks of this week. Um... At this point, Ryan Tannehill should be an obvious name, but he's not. You know, I think most of us uh, who are familiar with his career, who are familiar with, uh, you know, his tenure in, in Miami especially, we just keep wondering, when when are the wheels going to fall off? 
eventually he's gonna stop playing as well as he has but I'm I'm starting to think that's not happening <laughs> he's he's in a really good situation in Tennessee where the you know obviously the full load of the offense it's not on him they're handing the ball off to Derrick Henry and they're just saying all right dude you go get it 25 to 30 times a game and that sets up Tannehill for some easy play action passes the defense has to focus their efforts on stopping Derrick Henry and that's leaving Tannehill with wide open passing lanes and uh, you know his targets aren't amazing especially since AJ Brown's been hurt or whatever the situation is with him but you know uh, we're seeing the uh, the emergence I guess of Corey Davis the former you know first round top 10 pick that they had just a few short years ago he's played really really well he was great in week one he was okay this past week he had a touchdown so he would have salvaged your day if you started him um and Johnu smith has turned into a, a real force at tight end um and all of that has to do with Tannehill. he's playing so well he's accurate uh he's showing off his his ability to move in and out of the pocket we know his athleticism you're going to hear it time and time again if you watch a titans game which who watches a titans game honestly but you're going to hear it uh he used to be a wide receiver at texas a&m and you know he has that he has the uh, mobility the athleticism that's all cool but the fact is he's performing extremely well right now um am i saying that he's going to be a top five quarterback the whole season or anything like that no not necessarily but if you're in a situation, because there are some tough matchups this week, and if you're in a situation where you can get Tannehill and put him in for someone who might struggle uh, with a tough matchup, I'd say I think he's well worth a start. Um, he might not break the bank. He might not put up giant yardage, but he's throwing a lot of touchdowns, and touchdowns are a big deal. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I'd say go fucking nuts with uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, and oh, also, he's playing Minnesota, and that might scare you away if you're just kind of thinking back to the last several years with Minnesota's defense. That's not the case this year. Minnesota's defense is garbage this year. Uh, their front seven isn't terrible, but their secondary is garbage. Um, I, I don't know what happened, why it fell off so quickly. I know that they lost some guys to free agency and things like that, but it's bad. So Tannehill should have plenty of uh, plenty of passes to go around, and I I, I would hope that they sh he should be pretty successful. Uh, moving on, we'll talk about my next guy. I'd say go fucking nuts with Joe Burrow against Philadelphia. Uh, Burrow, obviously with the Cincinnati Bengals, is coming off of a really nice game from a fantasy perspective. Uh, against the Browns uh, this past Thursday where, uh, you know, he threw 60 passes. So, you know, he's not going to throw 60 passes every game, but he's going to throw a lot of passes, especially since their run game has not gotten it together. Um, their defenses are mostly just kind of daring them to pass right now because uh, I guess they're trying to test the rookie. Well, here's the thing. The rookie has performed. So far, he has been really good. And... The one thing about Philadelphia is they have a terrible secondary, but their pass rush has been stellar so far. Uh, PFF 
had them at uh, I think first overall. Uh, I don't know if it's through the first two weeks or just last week as far as pass rush uh, grade. So they're top to bottom. They're a really good pass rushing team. But Cleveland was on Burrow's ass all game Thursday. He got hit a lot and he got hit hard, but he showed. Uh, a real ability to stand in the pocket and, and absorb that pressure and still deliver good passes down the field. Um, you know, he's, he's struggled so far to find any kind of rhythm with A.J. Green, but I expect that to change um, probably pretty soon once they just get a little more chemistry. But he has other weapons in the passing game. Tyler Boyd had a nice game. Uh, I, you know, there's plenty to go around, and he's looked really good. Again, you probably have better options, but if you're struggling, if, you, if you're in a deeper league, if you're in a situation where, like, I don't know, I don't have Tom Brady on either of these lists, but I'm not a huge fan of Brady's matchup with Denver. I'm not saying that Denver is uh, an amazing defense by any stretch right now, but he has struggled a little bit to put forth any kind of fantasy numbers. And he should have a full complement of, you know, Godwin and, 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 you know, Mike Evans. But you just wonder about the chemistry there. So if you have Tom Brady, if you were all in on Tom Brady, like I was uh, going into this season, then you might be looking for another option just for this week, um, you know, until you see something from a guy like Brady. And Burrow fits that bill perfectly. And not only that, he brings a uh, mobility he can run for yards. We've seen that on several occasions. He's much more athletic than, than you would think, just being kind of a tall, lanky white dude. But he can move. Um, yeah, he's got all the tools. And, you know, garbage time counts too. <laughs> and that's kind of what I expect. I'm not saying that uh, Philadelphia is a good team. They're not. They're not a very good team. They've played like ass. But Cincinnati is... Eh, Cincinnati is obviously rebuilding. Their offensive line is garbage. I, I don't see them being able to run the ball. And so they're going to have to throw. And Burrow, obviously, is going to be the guy doing most of that throwing. So it stands to reason that he should have plenty of yards and probably a couple touchdowns sprinkled in there somewhere. So uh, he, for me, he's another go-fucking-nuts. Uh, another guy who you probably aren't really considering just because, again, you probably have better options. Quarterback is a fairly deep position. But if I'm in daily, especially, <clears throat> and I'm looking for a cheaper player, I'm looking Nick Mullins with the San Francisco 49ers simply because he's going to be going in to start for Jimmy G, who got hurt. And the matchup is right. And he played pretty well last week against the Jets, and the Jets are ass. But guess what? So are the Giants. The Giants' defense is probably just as bad as the Jets. They, they're really not good at all. And I kind of expect there to be a little bit of a, uh, I hesitate to say shootout, but kind of a shootout. Because the Niners' defense is decimated right now by injury. They go look. Their injured list is just a smorgasbord of high-caliber players. You know, guys who were the reason they went to the Super Bowl last year. And I fully expect that both defenses are going to struggle in this one. And that should lead to plenty of offense. And uh, Nick Mullins, to me, this would be the perfect kind of game to throw him in there, especially in a daily sense, because he's going to be dirt cheap. And he should be. But, you know, 
he has performed really well in the past. Uh, a couple years back when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, he had uh, extended playing time. And he was pretty damn good. You know, is he Peyton Manning? No. But, again, this is a cheap option. And if, if I have no other choices, he's my guy. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, last and not least, I'm probably going to be completely dead fucking wrong on this. But, uh, and obviously I'm a homer. Understand, though, I'm not a big believer in this guy. Uh, it's Mitch Trubisky. And the only reason I'm talking about him, because he, he underperformed uh, where my expectations were last week against a pretty bad Giants defense. Uh, this week they're playing Atlanta. And the Bears defense has been really, really good. Sort of. But I... That Atlanta offense is just so good. I kind of expect Atlanta to, to put up big numbers on us, on our Bears. I, I expect a lot of points for the for the Falcons. They just they don't seem very stoppable right now. Um, if Julio Jones is hurt, maybe you know the Bears have a chance of stopping them. Either way, I expect that the, the Bears are going to have to play some catch up. And the thing here is. The Falcons' defense is dog shit. We've seen that the first two games already. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say that anyone could stop Russell Wilson, who played them week one. You know, so you have to take that for a, with a grain of salt because obviously he's he's a great player and he dominated in that first game. But Dak Prescott was able to play catch up the entire game essentially and finished with 400 plus yards and. You know, three rushing touchdowns and another passing touchdown. If the Bears are in a situation where they have to play catch up, you know, and they and and the and the Falcons are playing that soft cover zone defense that they love to play, even though it's not working for them, uh, there's going to be passing lanes open. So, to me, Trubisky is another guy that in daily I'm considering for sure. Um, and if I'm in just dire straits, and or I'm in a deep, deep league. Yeah, I, I would I would have no problem throwing in Mitch Trubisky. So yeah, uh, again, take that with a grain of salt though, because I'm a Bears fan and uh, therefore I'm a fool. So yeah. Anywho, we'll go ahead and move on. We'll talk about the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, and we'll talk about players at quarterback who I think you should lower your expectations for this uh, upcoming weekend. Uh, number one, I have uh, Jared Goff of the Rams. He's playing against the Bills' defense. And I know the Bills have been kind of a mixed bag. You know, they haven't really stopped anyone, you know, with any consistency. But they do have a good defense. And I expect that as the season goes on, they're going to become a little more cohesive as a unit. Um, I just, Jared Goff had a really nice week last week. And I think people may think, oh, you know, this is a high-flying offense, yada, yada. I just, against this Bills' defense, I don't want any part of them. Chances are you have someone better anyway, unless you're in a really deep league. But if you're thinking about, oh, well, maybe I'll play him in daily or something like that, I'm staying clear of him. And honestly, I'm staying clear of most Rams, and we'll talk about that as we go on. Um, next, I have uh, Matt Ryan. I'm saying lower your expectations because he's been so great to start off this season. And the weapons that he has to work with are spectacular. And Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley has turned himself into a, an elite option at wide receiver. Um, and hell, Russell Gage and, you know, uh, what's his name? Hayden Hurst 
they've all come out to really play extremely well. And a lot of that is because Matt Ryan is on fire. And I, I expect that Matt Ryan will still be able to put up some decent numbers against the Bears. But also, if I have another option, if I have another option that is closer, like Ryan Tannehill, that's who I'm going with over Matt Ryan this week. Just because the matchup is not ideal. Especially if Julio Jones is hurt. If Julio Jones does not play, and it looks like he's going to be limited at the very least, if Julio Jones doesn't play, Calvin Ridley looks like a really good player, but if he is the number one and Russell Gage is the number two, the Bears' corners have been pretty good to start off this season. I would kind of expect that Calvin Ridley would uh, have a little bit of a struggle uh, without having Julio opposite him to draw some attention. Um, and the pass rush, if, if Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack are healthy, then bad things. That's bad things for Matt Ryan. Um, so I'm not saying necessarily don't start him because he's been amazing and he chances are he will be again. I'm just saying that my expectations for him are a little lower simply because of the matchup and simply because of the situation with Julio Jones. So uh, take that for what it is. Again, if you have another option that maybe has a better matchup, maybe think about benching Matt Ryan this week. Otherwise, you're probably going to be forced to start him. Um, and then last on my quarterback list of lower your expectations would be Deshaun Watson. And at this point, you probably already have pretty low expectations because he's had a really tough start uh, to the season. They kind of salvaged your week one with a little bit of garbage time against the Chiefs. But last week, he was kind of a, a disaster. The whole offense was a disaster against a, a dominant Baltimore Ravens team. Their defense is great. I, I expect great things from Deshaun Watson because he is a great player. In Pittsburgh, it's kind of hard to tell, are they the best defense in the league, or are they a defense that has benefited from playing against two opponents that are subpar? Uh, they played the Giants in Week 1, and yeah, they have some good position players and all that, But they were in, and they were able to shut down Saquon Barkley, uh, obviously before he got hurt, to the tune of, like, what, he had like six carries on 15 attempts or some shit like that. It was nuts. So, I mean, there's that. But, you know, then they played the, the Broncos. And the Broncos didn't look terrible, even though there was a ton of injuries, including Drew Locke. So, I don't necessarily think that Deshaun Watson is an absolute bench this week. But given what he's done the past two weeks and how underwhelming that offense has looked, and given how good this Pittsburgh defense should be, on paper, this is not a matchup that I want any part of, to be honest with you. And if I have a different option, again, Ryan Tannehill or the like, Joe Burrow, this week I'm probably going with that. I just, I'd rather have somebody who is uh, in a more ideal situation matchup-wise. Um, and I'll probably be wrong because this will be the week that Deshaun Watson finally breaks through and has 400 yards passing and 100 yards rushing and six total touchdowns or some shit because that's just how life goes for me. Uh, if there is a God, that guy really fucking hates me. <laughs> but anyway, we'll save that for another time <laughs> and we'll move on and we'll talk about running backs. Um, yeah, so the first guy I have listed on my go-fucking-nuts running back list is uh, Josh Kelly. 
of the Chargers. Now, it might not seem like a very obvious name, but he's getting a ton of touches. He had over 20 carries last week against the Chiefs. You know, he wasn't very efficient. He only had about 60 yards on the ground, but they did use him a little bit in the passing game. Uh, this looks like an offense that's going to go through the run game. And he seems like he's getting a, a large percentage of that... Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Just left. Running back for the... <laughs> oh, my God, how am I forgetting his name? Melvin. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> he just left for the Broncos, and uh, he left a lot of touches on the table. But, you know, I think we all kind of assumed that that would just mean that Eckler would get way more. Well, the thing is... Right now, the offense is so based around the run, and it's going to be a, quarter, a rookie quarterback situation that there's going to be plenty of touches to go around. And while Eckler is still a huge factor, uh, both in the run game and the pass game, Josh Kelly has been a lot of their offense, and he's getting a lot of touches, and they seem to trust him most around the goal line. He seems to be more of their power back. So he has a pretty good chance at uh, scoring touchdowns. Carolina is not a good team. They're in full rebuild, and it, and honestly, they're probably in a situation where they're just about to start tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's right in their backyard playing in Clemson anyway, so I'm sure they're, they'd be real excited to get him. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has played pretty well, but uh, let's face it, he's not exactly what anyone's looking for in a franchise quarterback right now. Um, anyway, that's, that's a whole different story. Uh, it's, it's not a good defense. It's not a good defense at all. It, frankly, you start all your charges, including uh, Justin Herbert. I didn't put him down on my go-fucking-nuts list, but I probably should. I just kind of expect that the Chargers are going to obliterate Carolina, and uh, I think that they're going to be up by quite a bit early on, and there's going to be a lot of running, and that should lead to a pretty good day from Joshua Kelly. Um... Am I saying he's an RB1? Probably not. Am I saying he's an RB2? Maybe not. RB3 flex for sure. I'm starting him. If I have him in a league, I'm starting him. That's that's where I'm at right now. He's uh, And it's not like a desperation thing. He's getting a lot of touches. He's getting a lot of yards. He's definitely worth a start. Uh, moving on. Well, oh, man. I'm just going to get all kind of... I, I, if anyone actually listens to this and they want to call me a homer and an idiot i completely understand because i'm throwing out david montgomery of the chicago bears against atlanta last week montgomery had like 150 total yards from scrimmage um they used him in the past game for for the first time seemingly ever uh and uh, they had no problem feeding him the rock on the run game uh the only problem was that at one point he tried to jump over a bunch of people and came down on his neck and he missed a missed a significant chunk of playing time, but he came back, and there hasn't been any kind of word as to whether or not you know it's a lingering thing or anything like that. Doesn't seem to be any kind of issue. He's uh, he's the primary back, you know. Tariq Cohen might get a lot of press and a lot of pub, and when he gets the ball, sometimes he's really exciting. But most of the time, he's just kind of a gadget player, and uh, you know. The other guy that might compete for carries is Cordero Patterson, who is a converted wide receiver. Uh, he's fun to watch. He runs with a lot of anger, and he's just cool. But they're not going to give him the ball more than a few times a game. So Montgomery is it. He's going to get a big workload. And again, that Atlanta defense is bad. They are dog shit. 
So, if you have Montgomery, yeah, I, I think you probably were already gonna start him, but feel free to go fucking nuts with David Montgomery. Uh, moving on, here's a pretty... It's not exactly uh, an unknown, but I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the reason I'm putting him on this list is because I think people are scared. Obviously, they should be. He was a little underwhelming as far as his fantasy production last week against the Chargers, and now they're facing off against an even better team and an even better defense in Baltimore. So expectations, understandably, are pretty low. But for me... Uh, I just want to go ahead and make it out, you know, make it out there and put it uh, that it's an obvious thing. You have to start him. You you drafted him probably within the top ten. If you lucked out, you got him in the second round. But he's a stud. He's an absolute machine as far as his ability to carry the ball and catch passes. And again, he's in the Chiefs' offense, so there's a lot to love there. But mostly, the reason I'm saying all this. If you're preparing for the Chiefs, if you're a defensive coordinator, are you preparing to stop the Chiefs by loading up the box, putting eight, nine guys in the box, and trying to stuff the run? No. No the fuck you're not. <laughs> you're going to come out in a nickel, maybe a dime. Just as many defensive backs as you can because you want to stop Pat Mahomes. You have to stop Pat Mahomes. That's the only way to beat the Chiefs. And for the most part, so far in his brief career as a starter, there really hasn't been any stopping of Pat Mahomes. So chances are, Baltimore, as good a defense as they are, they're going to they're gonna load up to try and stop the pass. That should free up space in the box for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get some chances for some running yards. Um, will he have a dominant day uh, running between the tackles or anything like that? Probably not. I... I I would expect he's probably going to get about 12 to 15 carries. Um, I, I don't expect them to be just handing the ball off to him a, a whole shit ton or anything like that. But with those carries, he could have a high average, and he could break a big one for because he's got that he's got top level speed, and he could break a big one. You could be looking at a hundred yard day for him uh, just on the ground. And I do expect that he's going to get more and more involved in the passing game, especially in this game where there's going to be a lot of focus on stopping the pass. Uh, they're going to be focused on stopping the deep pass to, obviously, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Meekhole Hardman, and then, of course, you know, Travis Kelsey. There's so many people you have to worry about. Chances are Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be open on a few little dump-offs that could end up piling up in a big, big way. Yeah, I, I mean, you're starting them already, you pretty much have to, but I'm doing it with confidence this week. So yeah, CEH, big old go fucking nuts for me. Uh, and then last, I have I have one more. This is more of a flyer situation. If you just if you're in, if you're in dire straits, because let's face it, we all are. <laughs> Chances are, over the course of last weekend, you lost someone uh, to injury. It's just like the odds are really stacked against all of us if you had Saquon you're hurting if you had Christian McCaffrey you're hurting hell if you had Michael Thomas and he got hurt in week one you're hurting just the list goes on and on and on there's so many injuries that we have to recover from uh it's you know you have to find whatever you can 
to make it work. This week, like I said, this is a little bit of a flyer, but I'm going fucking nuts with Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Uh, they're playing Cleveland. Cleveland's defense is pretty good. Washington's offense has been pretty mediocre to bad, but Gibson has potential simply because he should be, should be, the pass catching back. And I expect a lot of dump offs in this game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure. The front four for the for the Browns, they can bring a lot of pressure. So it's going to have to be quick passes as soon as they can for Dwayne Haskins. That should lead to a lot of work for his running back. In this case, it should be Antonio Gibson. Is he going to do a whole lot for it? Probably not. But if you can get 10 carries for 50 yards from the guy and 5 catches for 40 yards, boom, there you are. You have a very viable flex. And if he somehow, some way breaks away for a touchdown or something like that, there you go. It could be a potential week winner for you. Especially if you're stupid like I was and you started Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Yeah, but yeah, that those are the guys that I'm looking for to have a pretty good game. And uh, I say go fucking nuts with all of them. Uh, over on the other side of that, guys I'd say you have to lower your expectations for. Uh, right away we'll just go into Todd Gurley uh, of Atlanta. He's up against the Bears. You know, the Bears' defense is obviously, they should be really good. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag because they they gave up a lot of yards to Adrian Peterson week one, and that, that was completely unexpected. Here's the thing, though. Um, Todd Gurley has been very underwhelming so far. Week one, he scored a touchdown. Otherwise, he was just he would have been like a nobody last week, even in a game where Atlanta was up big and the game script should have been a lot of Todd Gurley, he underwhelmed. He underwhelmed in a big, big way. He just doesn't look the same, and it's super sad. He was so fun to watch. I, I drafted him. I made a crafty trade. <laughs> I traded and I bought low on Eckler, and I feel really good about it. Um, but yeah, Gurley, for me... You probably have to play him because you drafted him in like the third or the fourth round or something. Um, and you probably don't have many other options, especially considering we have so many injuries. But if you can, you gotta bench him. This is a bad, bad spot for him. Um, yeah, it just. I, I have no faith that Todd Gurley can really do anything much this week. Um, up next, I have what might be kind of a shocking name. I have Nick Chubb of the Browns. He's coming off of his best game of the year. You know, there's only been two games, but, you know, week one, he was pretty much a non-factor. Week two, he was explosive. He had a giant game. A couple of touchdowns, lots of yards. Looked really good. Difference there was he was playing against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, and they are bad, especially against the run. Uh, this week, he was up against Washington, and Washington, for all of their faults as a football team, their front seven's actually pretty good. Their run defense is actually pretty decent. I expect that this could be a little bit of a rough game for the Browns. Not that they won't win. I do expect them to win. But I think this is going to be a Kareem Hunt game. I think this will be a situation where he catches a lot of passes and uh, they'll have to line up a little more in some shotgun or some, uh, you know, 
single back with three receivers kind of thing. And if that's the case, more often than not, that's been Kareem Hunt. So it's not it's not about Nick Chubb, and in in you know. It's not about his lack of talent or anything like that. He's all kinds of talented. But when they're in passing situations, Kareem Hunt's the guy that gets the snaps. And I expect more from Kareem Hunt this week than I do from Nick Chubb. And the reason I have Chubb on here, uh, I'm literally saying lower your expectations. Because of the giant game he had last week, um, some people might think, oh, well, he's the guy just straight up going forward the rest of the season. I want him over... A bunch of other guys. Well, look, super talented, and when the matchup is right, he'll be great. Um, and this could be a situation where Cleveland gets up early and they just start pounding the rock. Even if that is the case, I don't expect the same kind of efficiency that Nick Chubb had, had last week. So we'll see. But for me, I'm just kind of lowering my expectations. If I'm if I'm playing daily. I'm staying far away from him. I just I just don't like the matchup at all. Um, would not shy away from Kareem Hunt, though. Just, just throwing that out there. And then uh, I'll go ahead and talk about my next one on the list. Uh, Joe Mixon uh, of Cincinnati. They're playing the Eagles. At this point, if you have Joe Mixon, you're just kind of holding on for dear life because chances are he was either a very late first round pick or a, a second round pick for you he's yeah you pretty much have to start him because again chances are you don't have anyone better as far as options go but man oh man <laughs> it's been rough and i expect that to continue this week again philly has a pretty good front seven um fletcher cox and company never make it easy on opposing running backs uh, this is not a great week for uh, for Joe Mixon. And if you have him, that sucks. <laughs> um, moving on, we'll talk about uh, Daryl Henderson of the Rams. He had a nice game last week. Uh, the injury to Cam Akers certainly uh, catapults him as far as up into the depth chart. There's the injury to Malcolm Brown. We don't know necessarily what the situation is with him. I know he had surgery on his finger. So we don't know if he's going to be limited or if he's even going to play, what the situation is there. So the backfield does seem to belong to Daryl Henderson. However, they're playing the Bills. I don't expect them to be able to run the ball with uh, with the same kind of efficiency they have so far in the first couple of weeks. I could be completely wrong, obviously, but uh, the Bills have a pretty good defense. And I expect that if they're going to have, if they're going to beat the Bills, it's going to have to be through the air. And honestly, I don't really expect them to beat the Bills. So uh, Henderson is, uh, I mean, again, due to all the injuries, you're probably going to have to start him. But if you're expecting the same kind of game you had last week, I would lower that expectation. Okay, uh, moving forward, we'll talk about wide receivers and uh, the guys I think you could just go fucking nuts with. Uh, first off, we'll talk about a guy who is in the same matchup we just talked about. Uh, it's Cooper Cup with the Rams against the Bills. Um, the main reason I have him here, obviously the Bills have a really good defense and, you know, all that. Cooper Cup is mostly a slot guy, um, but chances are Tredavious White, the best corner on the Bills and one of the best corners in the league, chances are he's going to be locked up with Robert Woods all game. So that should leave Cooper Cup uh, with some openings. And, I, I mean... He's probably not going to put up the same the same kind of numbers that he went uh, as far as 
the early parts of last year. But it's certainly possible that he could get a touchdown. Certainly possible that he could have upwards of six catches and, uh, you know, 60, 70, hell, 80 yards. You know, he's, he's a good player. They paid him. They want to get him the ball. Jared Goff loves the guy throwing him to him. Um, yeah, it's an it's not the most ideal matchup because it is the Bills, but because Robert Woods is on the other side, I do expect Tredavious White to be on him, which should open up things for Cooper Cup. Uh, moving forward, we'll talk about T. Uh, T.Y. Hilton of the Colts. Oh man, <laughs> he uh, they're, they're playing against the Jets. That's my main reason here. T.Y. Hilton is a veteran guy who's been around a long, long time. And the Colts love him. The franchise love him. The the team loves him. I expect them to try and kind of force feed him the ball a little bit, especially against a weak defense to just kind of build some confidence. Um, you know, it's it's been rough the first couple of weeks because they've had some pretty decent matchup. And T.Y. Hilton, for whatever reason, just has been a complete non-factor. So if you have Hilton, I'm, I would say start him for sure. And you probably... We're going to consider it anyway, um, but the last couple of weeks probably turned you off quite a bit, and they certainly did for me. But yeah, if I've got T.Y. Hilton, I'm starting him, unless I have just way too good an option in front of him. Um, but yeah, T.Y. Hilton, for, for me, he I would go fucking nuts and start him for sure. Uh, after him, we've got C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys. He's, uh, he's playing against Seattle. Seattle, it's weird, man. Like, they had the Legion of Boom for so long, and you just, it used to be that if you had a receiver and they were playing against Seattle, you just you didn't play that receiver. But uh, now that's not the case at all. They don't have very good corners. Uh, uh, Shaq Griffin's pretty good for the most part, but the way they play, uh, there's a lot of cover three, a lot of deep, deep zone. So it, it opens up a lot of room for catches. And uh, it's just... CeeDee Lamb... I wanted to put him on here because obviously he's played really well. I wanted to put him on here just because he is the real deal. And to me, right now, going forward, out of the three top-level receivers that the Cowboys have, uh, obviously Amari Cooper and then uh, Michael Gallup, we went into this season with the expectation that Michael Gallup would be the number two. I'm here to say I don't think that's the case anymore. I think C.D. Lamb is the number two in that offense. I think all three of them have value this week, but C.D. Lamb would be a guy I would start with reckless abandon. <laughs> I might even put him in my wide receiver two range. I, I fully expect C.D. Lamb to explode uh, in this what should be a complete shootout. Frankly, if you have Cowboys, if you have Seahawks, you're starting them. This is the week to start all of them. I don't care who it is, including uh, Schultz, the tight end, who had a really big game for the Cowboys last week. Uh, he, I would maybe lower my expectations just a tiny bit on him because chances are he'll see a lot of Jamal Adams uh, covering him. And Jamal Adams is an amazing safety. But again, this whole offense is startable, and obviously so are the Seahawks. Uh, so yeah, uh, good stuff there. And then uh, I do have... One more from the uh, Chargers and the uh, Carolina Panthers. I have Keenan Allen. I think maybe expectations for him were maybe at an all-time low, uh, or considering his production over the last several years. 
coming into this season, I know that he was falling in the draft. Normally, he was a first four rounds kind of guy. Saw him going in round seven, round eight sometimes, right around the same time as like A.J. Green. I think people just kind of had expectations that the passing game was not going to work this year, especially since Phillip Rivers was gone and they were going to be moving to Tyrod Taylor, who is not exactly a traditional pocket passer or a volume passer. Um, and that's that's where you want Keenan Allen for, obviously, is volume. He's not a deep threat. He's not going to score a shit ton of touchdowns, but he at times has been good for eight to ten catches in a game. And uh, yeah, that that works a whole lot better if you're a PPR, but, you know, anyway, I, I expect big things from Keenan Allen going forward, but especially this week with uh, Carolina being the matchup, they're bad, they're just bad, and Keenan Allen's definitely the guy I want. Start your Chargers pretty much across the board, yeah, Keenan Allen, um, I'll try to make it a little quicker, I'm starting to run out of time, next up we've got John Brown of the Bills, uh, he's up against the Rams. The reason I'm putting Brown on here is very simple. Um, if he's healthy, because there's been an injury concern for him all week, if he is if he is healthy, I think you have to start him because he's been pretty good to start off the season. And chances are he's not going to be shadowed by Ramsey, the corner for the Rams. Uh, he's Jalen Ramsey is one of the two best corners in the entire league. Chances are he's going to be all over Stephon Diggs, and that should leave John Brown open for some big plays down the field. Uh, Josh Allen has been lights out at quarterback this year. I expect more big things from them going forward. In this game, in particular, John Brown would be my guy. And uh, that should just about do it for the wide receivers. Go fucking nuts. Uh, For my guys that I say you have to lower your expectations for, um, I've got Terry McLaurin at number one with Washington. He's playing against Cleveland. You know... what it comes down to for me is uh, Denzel Ward, the the corner for the Browns. He's going to be all over Terry McLaurin. And he, he just shut down A.J. Green, and maybe A.J. Green's just washed. I don't necessarily think that's the truth. But maybe A.J. Green is washed, and maybe he's not, and Denzel Ward's not as good as he appears. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think Denzel Ward is an amazing cornerback, and I fully expect him to be blanketing Terry McLaurin, especially considering there are no other receiving options in Washington that that do anything to tickle my pickle. Now, as far as this one goes, McLaurin's a guy that I am fading in every sense of the word. If I have a better option, I'm benching him. If I don't, I'm playing him, and I'm just crossing my fingers and I'm praying to whatever deity I pray to that this guy gets loose for at least one touchdown but I am definitely lowering my expectations Uh, up next I have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson of Carolina up against the uh, Chargers the Chargers have two corners in Desmond King and Casey Hayward that can shut down just about any receiver in the league the pass rush for the Chargers, insane. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they can both get to the quarterback with ease. I expect this to be a really, really rough game for Carolina, especially since they don't have Christian McCaffrey to take away a lot of the defense's focus. This could be a bloodbath for Carolina. I know Robbie Anderson has been amazing to start off this year. I know DJ Moore had a really nice game last year, or last week, I'm sorry. Um, If I'm if I'm playing either one of them, I'm probably playing Robbie Anderson just because, you know, he has the speed to maybe get open for a, a big touchdown. He's just a playmaker type guy. Having said that, 
neither one of them is somebody I really want. You probably have to start one or more of them. <laughs> so, sucks. But, yeah, really lower your expectations. Um, the other guy we're going to talk about, I already kind of talked about in uh, Stefan Diggs of Buffalo. He's almost guaranteed to be blanketed by Jalen Ramsey. I expect Ramsey to shut him down for the most part. Diggs is a really good player, but Ray- Ramsey is so good. I know he's he's given up a few catches here or there. I just I have a tough time thinking that he's going to get beat deep by Stephon Diggs, uh, and that's what you're hoping for if you're playing him. You're probably playing Diggs no matter what. Just pretty much have to, but... Yeah, expectations are very lowered. And here's a guy that you are absolutely 100% going to play, but my expectations are at maybe an all-time low for this particular player, Tyreek Hill. Uh, against Baltimore, the whole defense is going to be geared towards stopping the pass, and specifically, they're just gonna—they—they they don't want to get beat deep. And chances are, you're going to see a lot of like Marlon Humphrey uh, blanketing all over Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's speed is unreal. And I don't know that there's another player in the league that can match him step for step. But Hill hasn't been amazing yet this year. He did break free for some big yardage against the Chargers late. I just don't know how much faith I have in that. I'm lowering my expectations this week. Not for the season, obviously, but for this week. Okay, so we'll move on. We'll talk about guys that you want to go nuts with at your tight end position. Uh, And I'll try to make this as quick as humanly possible. Uh, first up, I have Dallas Goddard against Cincinnati. Uh, Dallas Goddard obviously played for the Eagles. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm playing both tight ends, but I think people might be a little gun-shy with Goddard because he had the big, big opening week, and then last week he kind of underwhelmed with, you know, like four catches for 30 yards or something like that. You know, nothing spectacular, obviously, but I think they were up against a much better defense. Cincinnati is bad. Uh, I would start both tight ends, and uh, I have full confidence in uh, Dallas Goddard. For the uh, San Francisco 49ers, I have uh, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed was a top-level tight end for quite some time with Washington, whenever he could actually stay healthy. And right now, George Kittle is out. There are not any wide receivers of note to throw to in San Francisco. I expect Jordan Reed to go absolutely nuts against the Giants secondary that is bad. So definitely start him. He had a great week last week. I expect big things from him again. Uh, Same game, different player. Uh, The 49ers uh, are facing off against the Giants, like I said, and I'm going with Evan Ingram of the Giants. The Niners' defense is decimated, absolutely decimated. I said earlier I kind of expect this to be a little bit of a shootout. Uh, I mean, it might not be 45 to 43 or anything like that, but... I expect there to be some passing yards available. And, uh, yeah, Evan Ingram, as long as he's healthy, he has top-tier talent. And, uh, you know, there's some injuries to the receiver core for the Giants, specifically with Sterling Shepard. He's going to be out for this game and for the foreseeable future on the IR. So uh, there's going to be targets available. And, obviously, Saquon Hurt. You just don't know about the effectiveness of the running game. I expect a lot of passes. And I expect that Evan Ingram's going to catch a fair share of those, so I'm going nuts on Evan Ingram this week. And uh, last but not least, uh, we have Austin Hooper of Cleveland against Washington. I think Cleveland's going to have to pass in this game. I just don't think they're going to have the uh, the effective run game that they've had, um, well, that they had last week. And Austin Hooper maybe won't put up giant numbers, but I expect somewhere between four catches and five catches. And uh, I think he's probably going to get 
anywhere between 40 and 60 yards, and I do expect at least one touchdown. I think that that's uh, all within his grasp this week against a pretty weak secondary in Washington. Um, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, we'll move on and we'll talk about the tight ends that I'm lowering my expectations for. Uh, first off, I have Darren Waller. He's a little banged up and he's up against New England. I know New England kind of got torched last week against Seattle and Russell Wilson. Uh, well, the thing about that is Derek Carr is not Russell Wilson. I don't know if you know this or not. Um, and he's a little banged up, like I said. And for whatever reason, maybe maybe it's just a, a fluke kind of thing. But traditionally speaking, Bill Belichick has been great at shutting down tight ends, uh, scheming his defense to stop tight ends. So I kind of expect Waller to have a little bit of a drop-off considering how great he was on Monday. All I'm saying is I'm lowering my expectations. Doesn't mean I'm not starting him. As long as he's healthy, I'm starting Darren Waller, and so should you. But I'm lowering my expectations. Uh, last on my list of tight ends, I had uh, Tyler Higby of the Rams playing against the Bills. Higby had three touchdowns last year or last week. Didn't have a ton of yards. Didn't have a ton of catches. I just don't necessarily expect a lot from him. Um, I think that if you're expecting him to come out there and put up those kind of numbers again, then shame on you because tight ends don't do that every game. If they did, then they would all be first-round picks. Uh, but Higby, while he's a good player, uh, I, I just I don't see it this week I don't, against a good defense. Uh, most of, mostly I'm kind of just fading all of my Rams, save for Cooper Cup. So this is kind of where I'm at with that. Okay, uh, and uh, the last bit of our little go fucking nuts here. We have defense. I'm going with the Chargers over Carolina. They're playing the Panthers. Uh, we've talked. I've kind of talked about it ad nauseum. This matchup. I think that the Chargers defense is really good. They shut down the Chiefs offense for the majority of that game last week and if they can shut down the Chiefs they can shut down anyone and uh, newsflash Teddy Bridgewater is not Pat Mahomes so this could like I said this could be a bloodbath I expect uh, I expect the Chargers to win this one pretty uh, pretty heavily um, up next I have the Bucks against Denver Buccaneers defense has been really 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 good uh, the past couple of years they've been I mean last year they were pretty good this year they've been really good Denver is just decimated with injuries. Cortland Sutton, out. Phillip Lindsay, out. Uh, Even uh, Jerry Judy, the other wide receiver, he's banged up a little bit, so you don't even know what you're going to expect there. It's it's not a good situation. And obviously they're missing their number one quarterback and Drew Locke. He's out. Uh, Yeah, so the Bucs, that's a a big big old win for them. And then the Colts against the Jets. Look, the Jets are bad. The Jets are the best. The Jets are the worst team in the league, and I don't even think it's all that close. They're just so bad. Poor Sam Darnold. We're never gonna know if he's any good as long as he's playing for that team and for that coach and Adam Gase. Yeah, I expect uh, big things from the Colts defense. Uh, defenses who I am lowering my expectations for in a big, big way. Uh, the Bears. I, I, I'm not gonna say that the the Falcons just run all over the Bears and it's just uh, an absolute destruction. I think that as long as Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are both healthy, they should be able to put up at least a little bit of a fight. But if for fantasy purposes, I am not playing the Bears against that offense. If I have other options, if I can scoop somebody up off of the waiver wire, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and then last but not least, the 49ers. Uh, 
against the Giants. Look, we talked about this a little bit already. Um, I expect a little bit of a shootout. The Niners' defense is decimated. They have nobody left, nearly. Their whole defense is just in tatters. Uh, the Giants' offense might not be amazing, but they have some good weapons. Daniel Jones is not a terrible quarterback. I do expect that he's going to find ways to get plays made and touchdowns scored. The Niners' defense, unfortunately, um, if I have them, I'm probably just dropping them. Uh, I, I just Nick Bosa being hurt for the rest of the year. Uh, Solomon Thomas. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on the Niners. I know they were the best defense in the league last year for the most part. Not this year, unfortunately. Just too many injuries. And uh, this week, I, I do expect the Niners to... I expect them to win, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they lost. And uh, I also I expect a little bit of a mini shootout. So there it is. Anyway, that's, uh, that's all I got. I cannot believe I've been talking for an hour about... Just a handful of players. I really didn't mean to make it <laughs> last this long, but here we are. So, um, obviously, take all of this with a grain of salt. Because of all the injuries we've already seen, chances are, uh, what the guy said, I said, lower your expectations for, chances are you're still going to start most of them. Uh, maybe a handful in there you're just going to fade away from. Um, and the guys that I said go fucking nuts on, obviously, especially a quarterback, you know, chances are you have a guy that's better than the options I just said. Uh, I'm just positing that some of these guys, for the value that they currently have and, and the uh, the expectations that are being set for them for this week, I have higher projections for them. And if you decide to go with them, you know, it might not work out, especially if it's Mitch Trubisky. Uh, fuck. Mr. Biscay might be the first quarterback this year to make Atlanta look like a like a, an actual NFL defense. So, <sighs> the life of a Bears fan. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. Uh, I do appreciate it if you are listening. I know we were super late with this um, scheduling, just being what it is. It was kind of hard to get around certain things. We'd like to do this more often on like a Wednesday or even a Tuesday. Um, we didn't get to talk about our waiver wire pickups, guys that we were targeting. Most of those were pretty obvious. Um, you know, chances are Mike Davis is not still out there. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey got hurt, so he's the backup. So, I look, we're all just kind of holding on for dear life right now. <laughs> all of us fantasy managers, we're in tough, tough situations across the board. I had Saquon Barkley in the league, and it decimated my hopes and dreams to see him go down um so yeah it's it's been a rough start to the season and uh you know i mean obviously we have to just keep moving forward and hope that some of these guys that we pick up off the waivers can pan out the way we want but you know i'm just kind of rambling at this point i don't know why i'm still talking um i'm just saying don't give up (laughs) don't give up yet there's still plenty of time, hopefully, and uh, everything might not be awesome, uh, but fantasy football is still awesome, and uh, that's all that matters. Fuck the world, let's talk about sports, right? <laughs> yep, anyway, that's me, that's in. Um, thanks for listening. 
if you ever have any questions, feel free to hit me up through Facebook or uh, our email address, which is uh, awardwinningpodcastpodcast at gmail.com. If you have uh, stardom, sitem questions, that kind of stuff, which you probably don't, and you shouldn't. I'm not the guy to talk to for that. But I have no life, so uh, if you can't reach Matthew Barry, you can always reach me, because I have nothing else. Thank you, and good night. Thank you.